head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 246 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. the Pod God, Shawnee Podcast, whatever else you want to call me. Joined today by the Joe Solis of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonnell, as we talk about a, a pretty interesting night last night in the world of mixed martial arts over in the beautiful state of Texas. Graham, how are you? How are things? Are you good? I'm good, I'm good, yeah. The Texas the Texas Commission is a bit... Uh dodgy should we say a bit uh behind the times maybe yeah to be kind indeed indeed actually before we say that we must apologize because our sound was a bit dodgy last week but i think we've we've got it fixed this week anyway so hopefully it's okay so apologies for that but uh we haven't been too bad over the last while anyway but anyway we, let's get these things happen sometimes now, man. <laughs> they do indeed hopefully it's not bad again this week but no it's not i can i can see it. i can hear you when you sound good um Right, so let's get straight into this card, and look, we'll have to talk about the judging first, and, you know, there's probably no podcast in the world who's talked more about judging than, than us over the last year or two years, probably, and the, pro- the problem here is this is the example people should use when talking about bad judging, and I'm not talking about the main event now, I'm talking about earlier in the card, I'm talking about guys judging fights who've judged 10 UFC fights in their whole career. I'm talking about guys who's judged, well, I think it was a one fight in the last eight years, judging on the UFC card. Texas putting guys in there like this who have absolutely no business being in a, a, a spot as a judge on a UFC card. This makes everything look bad. And it was it was it was bad early look we, we'll get into the jones fight in a second but the yule fight i thought the the decision was not good at all especially the 30 27 i don't think the lauren murphy decision was particularly a good decision yeah well the lauren murphy fight is one we have to talk about rogan yeah. called out the uh the ju- one of the judges so he didn't call him out by name but he said he was looking at one of the judges and the judge wasn't looking at the fight yeah. uh for an extended part of the third round and that was a. Uh, you know, okay, you could have scored it whichever way you scored it, but it was a close fight, and it's not a fight you can not watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you have yeah. to pay attention. But and, do you, do you, and, you think yeah. Joe Rogan would explain that the UFC have monitors for all their judges? Like he was, it was either a judge looking down on the monitor, or else the commission person who collects the cards who actually wasn't a judge doing it because it was another guy sitting right alongside him watching the fight. So that was or probably was the, the judge, judge, you know, on his phone or looking around or something. Who knows? Very, very unlikely. I think. I think more likely is Joe Rogan. You know what Joe Rogan should have done there was actually gone to the guy who sits alongside him because there's you know gone, gone to Mark Ratner who's sitting alongside him or whatever off uh, off camera say it. Or else, after he said it on camera, Mark Ratner should have gone over and found out who it was or told Joe Rogan who it was. We got absolutely no clarification. And if it was a judge doing that, it should be absolutely slated. That fight should become a no contest at that point. But was it that like? Have we have we ever found out that it was that? Like, these these judges have monitors. People, I don't think people uh, understand <laughs> understand that sometimes. He was, if it was the judge in that position, he was probably looking down these monitors. Now, 
he could be a shit judge as well. I'm not saying, but we, we got no clarification on this. People just absolutely jumped to conclusions on it. And when you're talking about Joe Rogan and judging, I can't take absolute, I can take nothing seriously here. Like the biggest issue with <coughs> the judging chat last night was there was a touch of the Stephen A's about this, right? So the judging wasn't great for part of it and they criticized it. So you think, all right, they're saying the right thing. Like Stephen A said, you know, Cowboy got beaten early, didn't put up much of a fight. It's the right thing. But the place it's coming from is just the wrong place. That's what I argued with Stephen A last week. I think it's the same with Rogan and Cruz here. There's a clear an absolutely clear misunderstanding for the judging criteria like what when rogan and cruz talk about judging they're talking as if they're making up the rules for judging like this is how we are going to judge fights from now on it's like we're starting from a base position whereas that's not that's totally incorrect there's a judging criteria right there right now that judges are using now last night's probably a bad example of that because texas and they're probably fucking not because having a clue what they're doing but otherwise they do this every week they're talking about judges in general here so the place that they're coming from that they're criticizing her from is a place of ignorance when we're talking about judging like these guys have great uh you know especially dominic cruz a fantastic technical tactical genius in the sport joe rogan you know jujitsu black belt knows he's striking and everything like that been around for years knows the sport inside out but they know nothing about judging it's completely insane that Dominic Cruz has such a complete and utter misunderstanding for how fights are judged like he was talking last night about you know boxing judges and their, their favorite boxing and nothing else it doesn't matter if you get taken on doesn't matter what happens on the ground doesn't matter if you go for submissions or pass guard or whatever just completely insane like and it's coming from a position where he's obviously never read the rules he's never talked to a judge about how fights are judged he's never looked at the judging system like it's like you go into a soccer match and you don't know you have to put the ball in the back and net to score it's that bad like i can't believe it can you how do you like you've been around fighters been around the gyms and stuff you know filming the documentary and different things like that is is this the thing that's that's common like with just people just fighters high level fighters just not understanding not even bothering to understand judging well, I think, yeah, I don't think like a lot of them don't sit down and look through all the, read through everything That's and look crazy. through all the, I think a lot of them just kind of watch a lot of fights and kind of think they know and kind of, you know, if he, if he brought up a rule to a lot of fans and fighters, a rule that's not common they might not know it and um, it's a different position though when you're when you're, when you're joe rogan or you're dominic cruz especially dominic cruz where you're a fighter fighting at the top level and you're an analyst so you really should put in the time to make sure you you, you have a good grasp of, of the, all the rules yeah it's uh, like i just uh, <laughs> it's so frustrating like imagine if you're a judge sitting at home and you're listening to this and it's it's guys telling people and people are spouting back this to me on twitter and they're saying it all over the place and they're taking this as gospel i saw i saw a journalist last night who's a, you know a respectable guy who's a very very good analyst and stuff and he he tweeted out uh exactly uh, what he's name? dan tom there he is he tweeted out that um <clears throat> let me see exactly what it was uh the most uh if the most predictable thing in mma is bad judging like that's an absolutely farcical thing to say these days absolutely farcical. and that this is not just an opinion right this is we come on here every week and we talk about judging decisions and we talk about how they get these judging decisions 
and you're when you say that after a night like last night, you're taken away from the shitness of the Texas Commission and the, the judges they put in that position. Like we look at cards that have gone down recently, almost all the cards, and seen the judges' decision go in. There's some you might disagree with, some close rounds, some you thought it should have gone the other way. That's always going to happen. A close round is a close round. It's that's never going to change. But when you come in here. And there's lads who have barely, have, you know, they've judged as many fights as Liverpool have won leagues in the last 40 years. Like, it's it's absolutely farcical uh, to compare those people. Like, that, this is the issue here. There's so many, there's so many just bullshit takes and not looking at the actual facts when we're talking about judging. And then people having takes on judging without understanding judging. Like, there's parts of the judging criteria right now that I don't really agree with totally but there's parts of soccer i don't agree with totally either but i know the rules <laughs> and and i'm looking at a game through the rules of the actual sport but when you look at rogan and Cruz, and you hear them speak they're speaking about judging from a position where they have never looked at the rules they do not understand how fights are scored they understand how fights are won they understand how fights are fought they understand how a punch is thrown how a takedown has gotten but they don't understand what the judges are looking for or what you need to win or that it's an offensive sport and that attacking and landing shots are the most important part of the sport. And that, look, it's someone listening to this podcast is probably something you've heard over and over and over. And this has really not gotten to do with the main event. We'll get to the main event in a second. But this overall judging debate, is it feels like a debate that I'm having with everyone else in the world and the judges are having as well because no one seems to understand like these high level people covering mma do not understand it or just like refuse to to even look at the at the system like to me it's i can't i can't imagine how frustrating it must be for a judge it's unbelievably frustrating for me listening to this every saturday night what do you think yeah, well, I think in the past you could have said, oh, well, this this is happening a few years back, like five or six, maybe more years back. You could have said, oh, this happens a lot. This happens way too much and it wouldn't be a controversial take. But now, you know, we talked about it when the Sinead Kavanaugh decision happened and that's rare these days. I can't, couldn't even think of the last kind of robbery that we'd seen. Obviously, just, as you mentioned, there's a lot of close fights all the time in, in MMA and you can, like, this Reyes-Jones fight is a good example of it, like, mm-hmm. where... Like you, it's understandable. Like if, uh, like I scored it one way, but if if somebody else scored it for another guy, the other guy, then uh, depending on their scorecard, what they, there is scorecards there that are completely acceptable. Yeah. So uh, I think people maybe need to learn the difference between a decision they don't agree with and a robbery. And and there hasn't been a lot of robberies in recent years in in high level MMA, uh, UFC especially. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think you can only truly see that when you listen to what we do or do what we do every week and go through the fights all the time and at the end of the year i have to pick out the the robberies of the year and it's very hard to get four or five this in it might be a bit easier this year because it was two of them last night on this card so you know more cards of texas make my job easier uh picking out that but yeah it's it's weird what do you think about let's let's, defend liverpool as well seven seven league titles in the last 40 years so uh, did i say seven in the last 40 years are you talking about champions league it's gonna be it's gonna be eight it's gonna be eight uh, very soon it's already it's already eight according to you now it's not gonna be nine now because you're gonna win the champions league as well well, if you include that, then we're, we're in double figures. You are including that, aren't you? Oh, no, no, just including uh, English oh, really? provincial right. league titles. Okay, fair enough. Right, let's get to the, the John Jones versus Reyes fight. <clears throat> and I actually don't want, don't really want to ask this question because I want to go through it round by round because that's how fights are scored. But anyway, I'll ask the question. How did you score it? Uh, I scored it for Reyes, 48-47. 
That's not a bad first, score. The first three, the, the, the first round I thought was pretty clear for Reyes. The last two were pretty clear for Jones. I think the, the clearest rounds were Jones's fourth and fifth rounds and the first round. I think it comes down to the second and the third. And I think I think Reyes did just enough in both of those rounds. I think they weren't, and people are making out like these were clear, oh, I was clear, or one, yeah. one to three. I think there was some close rounds. The first was pretty close as well, but I do think Reyes won that more clear than he won the, the second and the third. But I watched it, and then I watched it back without Rogan shouting "woo" when mm-hmm. there's air shots and oh, huge something when nothing lands or Jones unbelievably evades or you know he's he's unbelievable at evading shots and there's like one stage there was a couple of stages where kind of Reyes went on the attack and threw like flurries and Jones just basically avoided or half avoided everything. Yeah, yeah, hundreds and like. But if you listen to Rogan, you swear he was he was, he was after being hit with yeah. an eight eight punch combination. Yeah, what like watching it back, it was. It was clear that Reyes wasn't landing half as much as it seemed maybe watching it initially or as that the commentators were making out. There's, I think there's absolutely no doubt about that. But the the thing is, Jones wasn't landing that much either, uh, early at least. And, you know, fights just scored over five minutes. So let's go through it. I think I should I should go through it. And that's the be- best way of doing it. Round one, I think it was a close round. Um, Jones got knocked down with a shot to the body, which... He was, I, I, I don't think he really did. I think it was more of a, he was kind of off balance. and Yeah, but he got like hit to the body and I put yeah, him down. It, but it wasn't like he was dropped by a body shot, I don't think. No, but that's an impactful strike that caught him off balance and put him down. That's In a, a very, very close round as well. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. A, that's a definitely a scoring shot. Like, I watched it at the time. And I thought it might have hit him in the chest. I never thought for a second he got hit in the chin and he was hurt, you know, badly or, or dazed or anything like that. But... Like, looking at that strike and the impactfulness of it and what it did to Jones, the effect it had on Jones, putting him down like that, that's that's a big scoring shot, I think, you know, even though it wasn't on and, right uh, to the head. Yeah. The, the mental aspect of it as well, like, Jones doesn't really have to get up off his ass ever, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. For Jones, it's like, oh, shit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this doesn't happen to me. Yeah. And, like, w- watching that round, I suppose, from a, maybe a tactical point of view, I thought Reyes did a fantastic job of actually pushing forward on Jones, trying to land shots as he goes. Like, the biggest issue we see with Anthony Smith and Glover and all these people who fight John Jones is the inability to pull the trigger or not, you, you just can't get shots off against John Jones, no, never mind landing him. But Reyes didn't have that problem from the second one. He came right out of the, well, the traps yeah. and started throwing. Maybe not he, landing that much, but he was throwing. Yeah, he did it in patches, but uh, maybe it was a cardio thing or uh, I don't know what it was, but he seemed to kind of dip in and out of it. And it was where he was having his best success. And if he had stuck to that, maybe, like obviously there's loads of things Jones could have done. Mm-hmm. to, to But that's one thing Reyes could have done, maybe a bit more of that. And in a close fight like that, a few more big moments like that, the crowd going wild, all that stuff, you know, that's the difference between, that could have been the difference between you having the belt and Jones having the belt. I, I think, I'll get onto that in a second, but I think there's a reason why that, uh, that happened. But like, in this first round i think reyes won it it was it was a close round but that shot that knocked him down those few leg kicks that he landed there was a lot of shin to shin leg kicks as well that was it was tough like who came out better on them it's it's subjective enough but i think that knocked down and reyes landed a few shots in the inside as well jones didn't land that much i think you have to give the first round to reyes so the second round i thought jones was defensively a lot better he was keeping his hands up in, and to start the round, and he started landing his jabs and pushing Reyes back, and I actually think those jabs and pushing Reyes back had actually taken a few more leg kicks and standing his ground stopped Reyes from getting forward and landing those big combinations or throwing those big combinations like he was in the first. I think that's a move that Jones did very, very well. But in that second round, I actually thought Reyes was kind of picking his shots a little bit better, and he 
he actually landed, I think, at the start of the round, Jones was, was defensively better and, and uh, really not for a while. Either. I think yeah, maybe one or two shots, but I think Reyes, towards the end of that second round, especially the last 70 seconds, landed some big shots on Jones. And it's, like, arguably some of the biggest shots Jones has, has ever taken, apart from maybe the fourth round, which we'll get to in a second. But I think Reyes just did enough in the last 70 seconds of that fight. Like, there is a tendency... To, to look I, think at, there, go on. I think there was a couple of big shots, but I think a lot of the time Jones is just oh, moving away, or yeah, ju- he's just a, he's he's masterful at that. But that's you know that's a risk. We talked about it before. The fight it's a risky thing having all these close rounds. Like uh, it, he's got away with it so far, but you know a lot of people like this is the first time I've ever scored a fight against John Jones. Yeah, and like oh, there's been some close fights, but I do think people always think oh the the cha- they expect more from the champion. But in this in this especially the first uh, the early rounds it, Jones was definitely uh, in trouble he was like you could see that uh, he wasn't he wasn't able to, to do the things he wanted to do and Reyes obviously we talked about it before he's undefeated he has momentum he has confidence he grew in confidence as well mm-hmm. and yeah. I think Jones should have you know he kind of half went for takedowns in the yeah. first three rounds if he had committed to it it would have changed the fight mm-hmm. uh, even if he was even if Reyes was able to get back up like he was uh, for most of the takedowns very quickly um, it would still put that in his mind and zap his energy which his energy wasn't there for, for five rounds like, like Jones's was yeah that's very true like I think when you're looking at uh, you know, from the tactical point of view, I think Reyes definitely won this early. I think Jones adjusted very quickly. We talked about that last week. Jones is very, very good at adjusting in the middle of the fight and changing. But, you know, how is, we're talking about the second round here still, and I'll move on to the third round in a second. But fights are scored with the immediately impactful shots. So if you jab someone 10 times and they land one big shot in you, the person who lands the one big shot, if it's impactful, is winning at that position. And I think that's the scoring criteria i think based on that reyes did win the second round um haven't watched uh, it back twice yeah how impactful are those leg kicks john jones lands that they look so nasty they i know like yeah. i've had i've had two acl injuries the torn acl so i, I kind of maybe I'm a bit more sensitive to seeing stuff like that but mm. fucking hell they look i, I you kind of cringe when they land yeah reyes was landing a few too like i watched that second round very close I, because I, I the, time. the leg kicks that reyes and a lot of people land are different than the, than the ones yeah. john jones likes to land he puts a lot of force into those oblique mm. kicks and like you're just you're just waiting for the guy to limp away like but obviously the Reyes was legs were still under him but they obviously weren't impactful enough to stop him on his legs but I'd say both guys are in a lot of a lot of pain in their legs today yeah definitely uh so like I, I gave the first two rounds to Therese in the third round this was to me this was the toughest round of the fight to score honestly there wasn't nearly as many powerful shots landed in this from from either guy um Jones you know that that uppercut was kind of coming from Reyes at times. Jones was coming in, jabbing halfway bind. Jones went for a takedown, didn't get it, and Reyes managed to land a few shots. Like I, I've been thinking about this fight or this round <laughs> since I watched it back. I watched it back a little bit last night as well, and I find it very hard to score this round. Honestly, it just, I think you just about have to give it to Jones. Maybe I think it's very, very, very close this round. It's. 
because you know you what well, we talk why, about why would you have to give it to Jones though can, can, like I know you talked to Ben Carlidge on mm-hmm. a podcast if people haven't listened to it maybe maybe it's a good time to go listen to it yeah. but um, like can you if it's if it's like that can you not just call it a draw I know they say oh we're paid to make these decisions and all but yeah. there must be like certain instances where it's just it just is a draw maybe this isn't it this round but it, like it's so close as you said I just gave it to Reyes but like if somebody gave it just to Jones I can like that's no problem with me judges are told not to give 10 10s like they're told judging is a verb you're, you're sent there to judge you're, you're, you're judging around who is winning the round you're not just going through the criteria and everything like that well you are going through the criteria and everything but your job there is to pick who won this 10-9 or who lost it 9-10 so I, that's a, one part of judging I don't particularly like to be honest. I think if it's around like this you should give attendance we should have more draws but that's not the rules we have at the moment that's not the directives that the judges are given so someone is told to pick like to me when you look at around like that you look like those jabs that Jones is landing and he's you know put, he's stopping Reyes from landing his big shots and he's defending them because he's jabbing him back and he's he's taken away what won Reyes the first two rounds by doing that. And I think that's yeah. enough to win Jones around. Like, but I think, wasn't there like a, um, didn't have a, I didn't, like it wasn't the cleanest shots, but I think he had a bit of a flurry early in that round, uh, Reyes. And obviously, obviously, if, you, if, if I think if that happened at the end of the round, maybe the judges would have scored it differently. But like in such a tight round where it's basically like leg kicks and the odd punch, mm-hmm. I think that stood out for me. Like, But obviously, like you, you really have to look over that round with a fine two comb yeah. to, to pick a winner. Like that's why I'm kind of, obviously, I can see why you're you're there to judge. You're there to make a decision, mm-hmm. judging as a verb or whatever. But like, surely, like uh, it's kind of unfair to like. Uh, yeah. I think maybe maybe the, like in that instance where you don't really know which way to go, you're kind of more likely to give it to the guy who is two rounds down. You know what I mean? Yeah, that like that's human like, nature. Stuff, right? like, stuff like that starts coming into it when you can't, when you're discouraged from scoring a draw in all circumstances. Yeah. Like for example, if two guys came out, like let's say. Luke Barnett fought uh, fought your man again. What's his name? Um, Marvin uh, Vittori? I don't know. No, it was like a sparring match where they didn't even hit each other. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. Shab against Arlovsky. There you go. That's one. One of those. When, let's just say you're playing the UFC game and both guys are just doing that bobbing thing and nobody throws a punch and everybody just stands there. Surely mm-hmm. that's a draw. Like There has to be a circumstance where it's a draw. Like. Yeah. I think the circumstance where it's a draw, like I asked Vin Cartledge about that in the podcast we did and he said it's usually for you know less experienced fights like uh, IWM WF or whatever it's called the, the the amateur fights where they're inexperienced and they don't really throw much and there's nothing to separate them like if you I think you can pick out ways of separating them in this it's and it's based on like and we'll get to that especially in the fourth round but it's based on you know I'd say judging is verb you judge how impactful these shots are and I think it's based on your you like you're paid there to go and last night might be the best example although a couple of the judges in this fight were good and i don't think the decision was particularly bad in this fight but when you're a judge you're a good judge you have experience you've seen these shots you're sitting and i think sitting cage side as well is a big thing for judges because they can see and hear and feel the impactfulness of these strikes being landed and i think they <clears throat> they get a great uh, if you're an experienced and good judge you get a great sense of who is landing the bigger shots and who lands the bigger shots wins the fight so i've like 
you can't like I, I, that's not a particular part of the game I, I like but you're going to have a lot of draws there, and that's the directive so it doesn't matter if I like it or not but that is the directive and that's what they're giving like Reyes or Jones landing those jabs he landed a few impactful jabs as well and there was there was a was a bit but that third round yeah. is that's one that's going to be argued over for years and years I feel like to come but like after the round I actually had that in my head I was like yeah like I was kind of thinking draw but I was like oh, I remember Ben saying that you can't really you know what I mean yeah. like I was like you can't really score this and I was thinking I was thinking oh, the very start of the round Reyes probably like that, that's how that's how it, what it came down to I was mm-hmm. just like looking for something in the round in my head thinking who do I give it to that's how close this round was so yeah. people came oh this is a robbery this, yeah, 100%. maybe the, the 49-46 scorecard is what set people off but Ignoring that, like, okay, that's one judge. And uh, the second round, he must have given as well. I didn't actually see that, but he must have given the second round to yeah, Jones but, two, as well. Three, four, it's five. not that horrific. Uh, no. It's it's bad. Like, I don't agree. It's not bad. I, I don't agree with it, but it's it, you could make an argument for it. It's not atrocious. Yeah. But uh, maybe that's what set people off. But, uh, like, I don't see the robbery talk. It was such a, such a close third round. And the fourth and fifth are Jones. I don't think anybody's really disputing that. So th- there's yeah. definitely... I don't know about the fourth. The fourth is a close round because it's a close you, round, but it's, it's a Jones round. Like. The, the fourth round is the round where Reyes came out and landed some big shots on Jones early, and Jones did a good job. He came back and he won the rest of that round, and he actually landed a couple of big shots late. But I think this round comes down to the impactfulness of those Reyes shots early. How how you judge those shots? Because I think if those shots are as bad as they looked on TV. I think you give that that round to Reyes because I don't think yeah, Jones. See, I, I, I think Jones was really good at getting away. From, I mentioned it earlier, but he was in in those kind of flurries where where um, Reyes drew a lot of punches. Jones just managed to evade pretty much all damage. Yeah, I I, I don't think he did at that point though. I don't think he did at that in I think that that's round. the flurry where he got his nose a little bit bloody, was it? Yeah, that, where, like that was the big flurry where he was like but, he was yeah. he was backing up and Reyes was following him around. He he Reyes definitely. I watched that flurry a few times. Reyes definitely landed shots. Now he probably only landed thirty percent of the shots or less even, but he definitely landed shots. And Jones was that was the, the flurry after Jones was going for the takedown, going for legs immediately. There was no doubt about it there in my mind that Jones was hurt. But, like, watching that round again, Jones came on late and he landed a few shots and Reyes tired badly at the end of that round. That's another very, very close round. But a close round. But you look at the impactfulness and where we talk about the immediate impactfulness of shots. And I think, depending on what your opinion is and how impactful those shots were early, that's the difference yeah. between Reyes winning opinion, the fight, winning the it. belt. Yeah. In my opinion, watching it live and watching it back, Jones wasn't hurt. Like he obviously did, he, mm. he got hit with a few punches. He's not pleasant, but I don't think he was rocked or anything like that. Uh, I think he was just, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> obviously it was an exciting moment in the in the round, and people, commentators and fans get a bit excited about it. But I think it, 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 we'll probably see in like fight motion or whatever it's called when they bring out the, the super slow mo stuff. But I think Jones was moving away, glancing, glancing slash dodging, pretty much. Everything obviously you said twenty thirty percent. I think probably even more than that. Yeah, but that's how close it is. Like, like the winning and losing of this fight. I think if you take away the third round, whatever, it could come down to that ten second portion of the fight. That's the difference I think between Jones winning and losing this fight, or Reyes winning and losing this fight, or the bell changing hands. I genuinely believe that that's a twenty five minute fight, and it came down to a ten second combination being the difference between who won and who didn't. 
And then and, a razor goes for it like that, like mm. a change of camera angle or a, a, exactly, yeah. the wrong camera angle can can disguise or make something look different. And maybe the judges saw it differently. Or maybe actually, you know, like uh, what they call the overhead cam when they have, um, if you watch a pay-per-view or watch a fight back, mm. they have like different camera angles you can watch from overhead. And you can, I think that's the best angle to watch a fight just to see what's actually happening. Yeah. Um. So maybe like if you watch the, the fourth or the, the third or the fourth or even the second back, yeah, from that angle, you might we might have different opinions, but mm-hmm. yeah, like these these judges being criticised for this fight, I I don't I don't agree with. It. Like you can criticise them for a lot of things on this card and the Texas Commission and all that, but um, in a race close fight like this, like uh, I think I think you just uh, maybe Jones won't want to, but uh, like I'd say run this back. Like you know, yeah, there's enough right. people, there's enough people saying Reyes won. Like I thought Reyes won, but well, obviously it was a really close fight. I think Jones in a rematch would probably win handy because. Uh, he take it more seriously and maybe uh, implement his uh, his grappling game a bit better and earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Reyes will grow from this experience. Is you know, he's been in there with John Jones. He knows how this guy's you know just like me. I thought I won, or I know I know this was close, or he's the kind of mythology or the kind of the kind of oh this guy's at the top thing is probably a bit. You know, um, I'm as good as this guy. I'm gonna go prove it. Mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting. Like the, the fifth round as well. I think Jones won that pretty maybe that easily, but Reyes definitely tired in that one. But I, I, it's very interesting. I'm very interested to see if that rematch does happen. Like we talk about just the tactics of the fight for a second. I know I talked about it a little bit, but you know Reyes coming out throwing those hands. I think like you talked about changing the kind of the the aura of the fight. You know how we look at the fight, and immediately I, I tweeted after the first round, we got a fight. We had a fight. We had a real fight at that position because Reyes was coming out there and he was doing what he wanted to do. You know, I I spoke about it before the fight and his ability to break the distance and land from long distance is is really really good. And he did that against Jones. Now he didn't land that much because Jones is very good defensively and all. But he was doing it and he showed that he can do it there. And he also showed. You know, we thought you you mentioned it there and we talked about it during the week. Jones is grappling. Maybe he can just go and get a takedown whenever he wants. But I think Reyes proved us wrong there. He she stopped a lot of those takedowns. He got taken down at one stage and he got straight back up. So I th- I think Reyes is a live fighter in this rematch. If it does happen, to be honest, I think it's a I think it's a really really good fight because Reyes is going to do nothing but improve. And John Jones is nine years into his championship career in the UFC and it's coming to an end. It is co- I'm telling you, it'll be into 2020 or 2021. John Jones will lose. It's coming to an end. You can't keep it up for that long. Weren't like Jones is. I don't think Jones is as good as he used to be. To be honest, he's he's changed these things around. You have to change things uh, around because people are looking at you and they're they're seeing what you're doing. But I think if if you have someone like Reyes, like I I think the Reyes last night. I mentioned I did a quick um, reaction podcast last night as well. And we talk about maybe a rematch. I think Reyes in a rematch would be now more used to five round fights. Maybe know how to prepare a little bit differently to keep going with that style for five rounds. And if he can do that and ha- not tire late in the fourth and fifth, although I don't think it was as bad as the commentators were making out, but if he can keep going strong in those rounds, having this five round behind him, proving that he can go five rounds like this, that could be a game changer as well. I think in this fight. I really think it could. He's on what? This was only his thirteenth fight. John Jones has had more uh, title fights than he's had fights. That that's a big, big thing as well. I think. And Jones caught Reyes maybe last night at the right time, but will the next time be the right time? I know you said Jones will win the win the rematch and and put in the you know maybe go grappling heavy. But I think that's going to be tough. Jones is obviously going to switch things up. He did it against Gustafson the second time very, very well as well. But 
the way fights are scored now, the way Jones fights, I think, I think it's not good for John Jones to be go- going forward. Honestly, uh, do you think I'm gone mad, or do you think like well, John do think Jones? Yeah. Do you think it's a John Jones isn't as good as he used to be, or do you think that the game around him, the fighters, and the completeness and well-roundedness of the fighters around him and his opponents yeah. are just going up all the time? And that's probably more you accurate. Know, yeah, you know, it's been it's been so easy for John Jones for a lot of years, and now you know, obviously his last fight, some people were or a lot of people were saying he lost it. I didn't think so, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it used to be that John Jones would go out and finish or dominate a decision and it was kind of expected and mm-hmm. now we have like you're saying oh this is this is coming to an end and maybe maybe it, maybe it will motivate john jones like yeah. it, it it didn't the last time but maybe he looked back at the tape and said what are people even talking about here you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i clearly won this fight but uh this one was definitely you know he says afterwards like you know uh it was, it was a great fight earn my respect all that stuff mm-hmm. but um you know uh, john jones kind of gets sidetracked with, with outside things a lot so maybe he can kind of get focused and take take it more seriously and maybe that will help him but I don't think I, I think Reyes just offers a lot of uh, you know he, he offers a lot of problems for Jones he's mm-hmm. moving constantly like yeah. he's constantly like you know he, he made it difficult it wasn't just uh, John Jones is out there and he's he's faded as a fighter I don't think it was I think that takes too much credit away from Reyes I think yeah I, I, yeah, I agree with you I, like I probably said it like uh, I yeah I, I don't think John the gap that John Jones had between the fighters below him is as big as it used to be. I don't think there's any gap there right now because, as you say, he could have lost his last yeah. two fights. He For could years, have lost he would have said, oh, like, yeah. who's going to be the... If you were picking, like, a UFC champion to, to be the champion this time next year from all the champions, your safest bet probably would have been John Jones or mm-hmm. definitely up there anyway. And now you definitely have to put... Like, you you probably still be one of them, but he's definitely not as uh, invincible in people's eyes as, as he used to be. And as you said, the gap between him and the... The contenders just isn't isn't what it used to be. You know, we went in there um, against Shogun and blew him out of the water, and it was kind of like, uh, who's going to stop this guy? And mm-hmm. um, from then on, but now now you can you can look around and say, oh, well, maybe a rematch with Reyes. Maybe maybe like obviously John Jones is kind of a little bit talking about heavyweight again, but mm-hmm. you know, um, there'd be a, I'd say probably be a lot more interest in those fights now because people don't see John Jones as invincible. Maybe if he had moved up. A few years ago, people would have been like, ah, he's just going to easily beat these guys. But now there's a bit more intrigue. So maybe this actually works out for Jones uh, financially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this, uh, True, yeah. like People get bored of complete and utter dominance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, after like, it's, it's fun for a little while and then people get bored of it. Yeah, 100%. And I think as well, uh, we'll move on from Jones now, but I, I think when you look at the Thiago Santos fight and you look, on, look at what happened last night, what happened was Reyes saw openings in Jones's game that he could exploit. And that was not maybe a thing that we saw before. So now we've two fights where Jones, you know, on anyone's card lost three rounds maybe in those two fights. Maybe fucking six <laughs> six rounds, you know, maybe, maybe fucking seven or eight rounds, depending on you, who you're talking to. So there's lots now of ways to beat John Jones. Now doing that over five rounds and going out there and beating John Jones is, is easier said than done but before he was absolutely unflappable there was no way of, of looking at him and seeing how you're going to beat John Jones but now there is and it just needs someone who's good enough to do it and maybe you know maybe Reyes is the guy in the rematch maybe um maybe uh, Santos is the guy in the rematch maybe someone at heavyweight is the guy to do it but it's coming it might, like it may, may not be this year it may not be next year John Jones may come back and may just destroy everyone again for years but it there's a, it's coming. It, it is coming. Um, 
What's not coming, though, anytime soon is Valentina Shevchenko getting, <laughs> getting beaten at 125 pounds. Uh, this was just an absolute cakewalk against Caitlin Chukagan. Came out to start. She was countering easy. Like, usually Valentina Shevchenko in the first round, she picks her shots and she, she lands them, but she kind of waits for her opponent to see what to do, see the openings. But she just came out here throwing shots. Caitlin Chukagan made it easy for her. She was uh, leading the dance and throwing shots. And, you know, Shevchenko just stepping back, countering, hitting her. She got a takedown the last two minutes, landed a huge elbow, cut Chukagan open. Uh, in the second round, the storm was blown here, so I missed like the first <laughs> two minutes of it. But I, when I got back to it, Shevchenko was on top. They showed a replay of a wheel kick, which looked pretty uh, pretty hard as well. So that was uh, obviously another round there for Shevchenko. And then in the third, Chukagan... <laughs> I don't know why. This is, she went full fucking jujitsu player here, Chukagan. She tried to climb up on Shevchenko. Shevchenko just tripped her, took her down, crucifixed her. And that was that. Just, uh, a cakewalk, I think. I, I thought the stoppage might have been, like, a little bit early. I think, you know, it's hard to intel- intelligently defend yourself from the crucifix at the best of times, but I wouldn't criticise the stoppage too much. But, yeah, it was... It, it, all that was going to do was uh, allow her to land a few more shots, so maybe you can't say much of it. What, what did you yeah. think? Well, we kind of said before, the fight is nowhere where she's better or yeah. really has a chance of winning, so it kind of just went as expected, didn't it? It really like the the thing about women's MMA is it's still very much growing and especially 125 pounds a very very new division in the UFC and you get like world class athletes like Valentina Shevchenko who went toe to toe for what ten rounds wasn't with Amanda Nunes, um, the greatest female fighter of all time in the history of the world and you get her against someone like Caitlin Chukagan, who I I I don't want to say anything too bad about her like but. Like, Caitlin Chukagan is like someone who went into a gym, you know, for a bit of fitness, and then she's, you know, she, you look good in the pads, you look good defending, you move your head well, you're, you know, athletic person. Do you want to have a fight? And she's like, yeah, and then she's like, oh, I'm good at fighting, you know, she's obviously a very, very intelligent person, and the way she fights shows that, you know, she's gone to a lot of decisions, I don't think she's, like, the most athletic person or anything in the world, but she looks like someone who came from that position rather than someone who was brought up fucking kicking a bag or kicking baseball bats or kicking their brother or kicking like you know 20 year old lads when you're 12 and beating the shit out of them and stuff as as fucking valentina shashinko was that's just a totally different level and we don't really have that in high level men's mma anymore in, in the ufc or maybe we have a little bit in bellator with mvp but <laughs> you know we don't have it with a we don't have it in, in the ufc but we have a little bit still in in women's mma and look that's understandable i'm not i'm not criticizing or anything that's that's the growing phase of the, the sport and of the divisions and we don't see it that much anymore in Mon- especially 115 i don't think where we have absolutely top fights but at 125, I think it's hard not to see it for another while. You know, people are talking about Jennifer Maya. I think she's a good fighter as well. And, uh, you know, Alarn Murphy won last night. I don't think that would be that competitive. Um, so there aren't that many tough fights for Shevchenko. Well, like, I've talked about Suarez going up. I think it would make a great sense for for them to do that. I know you, you think Dana White mightn't like that because of uh, her style and things. And maybe Suarez wouldn't want to go up. But what, what do you think you do with Shevchenko now? Like, she's fought Nunes twice already, lost to her. Um, if she abandoned that, or you know, if she left that hundred and twenty-five pound division, what would be left thereafter? What What do you think they do with Shevchenko in, in this position? Yeah, it's it's hard to. It's like they were already kind of you know stretching by putting her against uh, Kagan. Um Like if you're looking down, like you know, 
Roxanne Mataferi's coming off a big win. Oh, that's God, yeah. that's what that's what kind of thing you're looking at. Like yeah. so, it's not really um, it's not really a competitive fight. No. Um, that, like yeah. putting on that fight, I think would be. Like promotional malpractice. Yeah, that, that's the sort of thing. Like a commission shouldn't allow it to happen. Like that would be. A f- no, uh, Roxanne has improved an awful lot. You know, I didn't think against Macy Barber, and I know Macy got injured and everything, but I didn't think she had a chance there. And there's no way in hell, not a hope in hell, she'd be Shevchenko. But you know, she's put herself in that position. I no, absolutely no interest in seeing that beating. But that could be next. Mm. That could be next, and it's it's weird. So we, I think we need someone moving up or moving down, to be honest, or signing Liam and McFarlane or something like that. But anyway, yeah. look, what about nice. like a Joanne Calderwood fight in the yeah. UK or something? Yeah, I like the Joanne Calderwood fight. Yeah, I, I think Joanne will put up a fight. I think she'd probably still blast her out of there pretty handily, but. You know, at least Joanne is someone who has been fighting for a long time, and you know she's yeah. a, a she's coming off a loss recently though to yeah. Chu Kagan. But you could, like with another win, you could in a British in a British card, like you could definitely sell that. Like and as we said, we we're already kind of stretching making the Chu Kagan fight. So yeah. if they're gonna if they're gonna make somebody out of the top five or six in the division, it's it's kind of between Roxy yeah. and Calderwood, like Jennifer Maya. <laughs> You yeah. know, it's, it's a stretch. Yeah. Look, all the stretch. Hopefully someone will emerge. <laughs> like, uh, Tiago Santos, like, uh, Daniel Carme or, uh, or, uh, uh, Dominic Reyes and, and give her a big fight, but I think it'll be a while. But anyway. Uh, right. Few of the other fights on the card. Um, uh, what's he uh, Justin Taffa landed a, a really good knock. I thought this was actually a fantastic stoppage. He landed a right right hook that hurted him. Uh, he landed an uppercut that dropped him. Uh, he went for the Adams went for the legs, uh, but he kind of shot out. Taffa landed one shot on top and he put him out. And in that position, I was like, oh shit, he's going to land a lot because the referee was kind of on the wrong side just because it had moved so quickly. I don't think it was, you know, I'm not criticizing his positioning or anything. It was just where he kind of ended up. But the referee came in and he pushed him from the back on him right off him and didn't allow him to land one more shot. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic stoppage the way uh, the way he did it. But Tafa impressive, isn't it? You know, these heavyweight guys, the, I think someone said there were one and three between them in the UFC before this. So, you know, it's it's good to see at least maybe a heavyweight emerging. Although, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, I suppose it's, it, we're not getting too carried away with it. But, um, yeah. Bektish, what do you think of this fight? Like a lot of people saying this was very close as well. Ega in the first round was striking very well. Mirza Bektic got a, a takedown in the second, and I think the third was very, very close. Um, as everyone knows, Mirza Bektic team Sheehan, but I had it for Ega. I thought Ega won 29 28, and the judges uh, had him winning 29 28 as well. All three judges, so I oh, know, sorry, it was a split decision. One had Mirza Bektic, but it was a close one, wasn't it? 29 28, either way, I think it was okay, but I think Ega was just about the right yeah. one. Like when Bektic did get the takedowns in the the second or the third round, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't do any. He didn't land any strikes really. Yeah. Like he needed to do something big in that moments. It was a close fight in the in the first round. He was getting completely dominated. Uh, he looked. He looked. Or uh, uh, Ige looked sh- much sharper and more pop on his punches. And he seemed to be timing Bektic really well. But Bektic obviously, you know, he's a very good wrestler. In the second round, he he won. It nearly had a nearly had a. Uh, choke yeah. I don't know if he like gassed himself a bit doing that but obviously when you're when you're squeezing for a long time and you don't get it it's demoralizing anyway so mm-hmm. uh, he, in the third round you think he would have 
you think he would have tried tried to make something happen in ground and pound wise when he had the takedown because you know it's a close fight and you, you know you've lost one of the rounds clearly you maybe won the second he, he kind of let the let the chance slip by and credit to Ige though he's, he looked he looked very good like Bektic has obviously been injured and stuff but he's still a very good fighter and um, a very tough style to deal with and he, he dealt with it really well and came through adversity obviously in the second round yeah I thought actually Bektic after that that start to the fight where Ige was landing big shots you know Bektic's chin has been an issue for him recently uh, but he took all of those shots and he kept coming I thought he ended the first round very well and he obviously dominated the second round then um, and, and the third was close but you know, I thought it was a good fight for both lads, to be honest. Good to see Bektic kind of come in there. That was the sort of fight I think Bektic needs maybe to move on, even though he lost. But I, I think that's the sort of fight he needs to kind of prove that his chin can take it and he can fight in, in that sort of way and still come through in a three-round fight. So, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't criticise uh, either of them too much. It was, I thought it was a, a good fight. But anyway, right. Derek Lewis versus Ilir Latifi. No, I picked Ilir Latifi to win this fight. Uh, and it was one of my bets of the week. And... Derek Lewis clearly won this fight, I thought. Like, Dominic Cruz after this was just the most insane judging rant ever. The most stupid judging rant ever. He was like, what are these judges doing? Like, he got a takedown, he landed up. How can they see that fight for Derek Lewis? Just, if anyone thinks like, oh, Dominic, you know, Dominic Cruz, how how can you ever say he doesn't know anything about judging? Who are you? You're some fat dub and you're laptop at home. And Dominic Cruz is the champion of the world. Listen to this. Just listen to what he was saying. He thinks a guy laying on top of someone for two minutes means more and should be scored more than a guy getting up and landing big shots and him trying flying knees that smash him in the chest and landing like huge shots in the last minute of the round. That is completely out of sync with the judging criteria. Just completely and utterly. There's no opinion here. This is just fact. It, without a shadow of a doubt, Lewis won that fight. He won the first round. Uh, did not really much happen, but he landed shots. In the third round, Latifi, as I said, laid on top of him. And Lewis got up and landed a clear shot. 100% won the third round. Latifi won the second. He got on top, landed some good body shots and things like that. Uh, it was actually funny as well. Joe Rogan, this huge proponent for no stand-ups in MMA... Uh, was roaring for a stand-up in the middle of the second because he likes Derek Lewis and he wanted to see him get back onto his feet, uh, which was a bit weird. But I'd assume you scored this fight for uh, for Derek Lewis as well, did you? I did, yeah. Um, I thought maybe, like, you know, uh, because Derek Lewis kind of didn't have that explosive power and stuff that he, he or that kind of might cost him. But I think he showed good take-down defence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, Latifi just looked out of shape, really, to be honest. He, yeah, he did, actually, didn't he? He didn't look... I think, but on two... Watch, was he? 246 after coming up from 205? That's a lot of weight, isn't it? Yeah, it is, especially when you're not used to fighting with that weight, with mm-hmm. a, all that extra weight. And I think he did tire, but uh, uh, he had a couple of chances where I thought he might get the takedown. Like, you know, uh, Derek Lewis is a bit lighter. It might be a bit easier to move him, but Derek Lewis did show a bit of... A bit of showed off a bit of tight end defense maybe uh maybe like all uh, you know maybe we were criticizing him for or not criticizing but j- joking about um him not really not really suiting the style to to cut down but maybe it's actually because he's training harder and all that stuff maybe it's not like a conscious decision to try and lose weight maybe it's just he's putting putting in the work and the weight's falling off because it does look like he's mm-hmm. A more well-rounded fighter now than than he than he was a few fights ago. Yeah, I, I think now what we're seeing from Lewis is like before we were seeing Lewis trying to be a more improved fighter, 
uh, and it wasn't really working for him. But now I think we're actually seeing him being a more improved fighter, you know. So I still don't think it's necessarily the best way to go for him. Um, but I think he added a bit of the madness into it because he was fighting on his hometown patch. Uh, last night, so, you know, that's a good mix, I, I thought he did well, it wasn't the greatest fight in the world, a little bit boring, but, yeah, he definitely, he definitely won it anyway, um, there was a bit of weird judging in this Trevin Giles-James Krause fight as well, I thought it was a close fight, James Krause coming in one day's fucking notice, an absolute gangster going up and wait, I hope they paid him well to take that fight, because it was a tough fight, Trevin Giles ended a lot of shots as well, Krause took the back for most of the, the first round, and was, you know, relatively, uh, relatively close fight as well, uh, the Lauren murphy Andre Lee fight, <laughs> Lauren Murphy won a split decision. She got one thirty twenty seven. Sometimes it's you know it's. I don't think that was necessarily a good decision to be honest. I thought Andrea Lee landed the better shots, especially in that first round. I thought she, uh, you know, she caught Lauren Murphy. Oh, Jesus, my electricity went off there for a second, but it's bad. Oh, yeah, my, I kept recording anyway. Um, <laughs> Lauren Murphy. Uh, what was I saying? I don't know what I was saying. Graham, take over. How did you think this Andrea Lee Lauren Murphy fight went? I got flummoxed. Yeah, I thought Andre Lee won. This is the fight where Rogan was saying the the judge wasn't looking um, mm-hmm. during the fight, and then it, it ends up being a like you know a decision that a lot of people don't agree with. But I think it was a they were close rounds, and I, although I thought Lee won, I, I don't think it was like a, a clear robbery or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I wouldn't call. It, I don't know. It's close. It was kind of a <laughs> it's crappy close, fight. Yeah. Like it was a close, scrappy fight. Like. Yeah. Uh, one that you really need to pay attention to. Yeah, I think good judges score this for Andrea Lee, to be honest. And I don't think Salis and the other lad are good judges. So, yeah, look, fair play to Lauren Murphy, though. She's been kind of looking for a win like this. And this is a big win for Murphy. So, you know, take nothing away from her. Uh, Chaos Williams, this mad bas- bastard coming out here, just throwing fucking bombs. L- brilliant. Chaos by name. Chaos by nature. Something, what was it? I don't know. What, 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 what was nickname. it? His nickname was Chaos. His real name is Chaos, but his, his name is like... Callan or something, but he changed his name to Chaos. Just a fucking a mad joke. Just came, just literally, I haven't seen anything like this in ages. Came out, dropped bombs, and knocked out Alex Brawl in twenty-seven seconds. Absolutely fantastic. Um, he's, he's changed your name to Chaos and then spell it with a K as well. Yeah, legend. Chaos is a ladder. Um, Mario Bautista. The Ox Fighter is a nickname. The Ox Fighter. The Ox Fighter. God Almighty, what a legend. Uh, Mario Bautista got a lovely flying knee over Miles John. Really, really good uh, finish there. Um, the other fights didn't... I thought Zalal looked really, really good in the opening fight of the night. Reminded me a little bit of Dominic Cruz or TJ Dillashaw, so he's definitely one to look out for. Uh, then Journey Newson got a TKO win over uh, Domenico Pilarte very early in that fight. So that was uh, a very good win for him. And <laughs> the, the hobbery of the, the night was Andre uh, Yule against Jonathan Martinez. Lost... Uh, Yule got 130-27, which... Like, I just thought it was absolutely fucking ludicrous. Uh, and it's not often we see, like, really, really, really bad decisions like that. But when you go to Texas with guys who have barely judged in years, you're going to get things like that. Do you think it was as much of a robbery as I do? I know you didn't. Uh, you went back and kind of watched thought, a bit of it today. Yeah, no, I watched it uh, this morning. And I, I thought, like, you know, it was close. I thought you won the third round. But, uh, yeah, I think I think Martina should have got the nod there. But it's another one where it's it's, it's a, they're close rounds. Um yeah, I think that's probably the, the the biggest wrong decision of the night, even though it's not egregious. Yeah, like, I, I don't know, I thought Martinez won the second and third, and I thought the first one was... You thought the third, yeah? Yeah, I thought he did win the third. I, I don't think, like, I, it, looked like uh, it looked like the chap broke his hands, and he was kind of pawning out there, but wasn't really throwing it with any force and wasn't really landing it. 
uh, and the first I think was even close although I thought you did well there he reminded me of Eddie Wineland a bit but I think it was some big shots as well late in that round but yeah like I don't know I find it very hard to it was, yeah, they kind of threw down at the end of the round yeah and- it looks a bit more kind of usually there's kind of not really that much behind them they're just kind of swinging yeah that's true right uh before we get to next week's card we'll just have a, a quick look at it because it's not the most important card uh in the world <sighs> the, oh, what, is it Shade. Not, one of my yeah well one of my favorite fights of all time is on the card so we'll uh we'll definitely have a talk about that but Corey anderson <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh the kind of the news came out this week. We talked about it last week about uh, Conor McGregor, and there was a Disney call, I believe, uh, with like the the CEO of Disney talking about how well this uh, card was, um, how well this card did. Uh, McGregor drew five hundred thousand new subscribers to ESPN Plus and over a million buys in America. There was talk as well of between two to three hundred thousand in the rest of the world, which uh, I think Dave Meltzer said that, which. Seems a little bit low to me, so maybe that you can get that clarified. But what are people saying? It was it was on the same level as the Habib. Yeah, uh, Aaron Bronstetter said that in, in Canada anyway. So yeah, it's I suppose it's it's tough to know. But any, like even if we leave that aside, we look at this right, and we talked about it last week. We talked about uh, Dave Meltzer said the numbers were talking were going towards the two million. So with the ESPN Plus, we thought maybe between. 1.2 and 1.5 and i think it is somewhere around there you know they said over 1 million so how much does that actually mean it's probably around 1.2 or something like that and then the the one the big thing as well is the 500,000 new subscribers to ESPN plus because those people paid the 65 dollars or whatever it was for the pay-per-view but they also paid the fiver for ESPN plus every month so like Conor McGregor's not just earning money for the people now. He's earning it for how many of those stay on the yeah, ESPN how long Plus. How will dipping your account for before you remember to cancel it? Exactly. Like, you're, you know, you'll have, a, a, even if you, let's say, 250,000 of them go on for another couple of months. How much money is that? That's a lot of fucking money you're making there. Taking fivers from all of them for the next two or three months. And, you know, you for the next year for a yeah, lot of them. I don't think they're sharing that money with anybody with the with the UFC or with Conor McGregor or <laughs> exactly. uh, Don I So when you're a McGregor, when you're a John Jones, and I actually probably shouldn't say John Jones because it's only McGregor. You look at this, and I'm sure he's getting paid well, but he should be, <laughs> you know, he should be talking about how he is the only draw in the UFC right now. He's the only draw in the world, I think, right now who could do something like that, you know. And uh, I, I tweeted out this week when all is said and done, Conor McGregor will be the biggest draw in the history of combat sports, and I think the way the world is kind of changing and moving to streaming, it's actually tougher to be a draw these days because we have. Like the zone who are charging the the ten or whatever it's it is. Way tougher. It's yeah. way tougher. Like especially uh, obviously in recent years, there's been paid, there's been um, streams, but they're so readily available now. And mm-hmm. before years ago, you just if you didn't buy the pay per view, you couldn't watch it. That was just it. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. You can watch it back or the next morning, download it, or watch it on a website or or you know stream it live. Yeah. Um. And this this was. The first time ever in history that an online pay-per-view did more than a million buys. The first time ever. No one else. McGregor's the first one to ever do it. So he's proven to be the biggest draw in the history of the internet. <laughs> Let, let's put it that way. He's drawn on television with Habib. He has drawn on television with uh, Floyd Mayweather and his other UFC fights as well. 
Like did, did, did the Mayweather or McGregor not do did Dana White or somebody not say it did like two million online or something? On yeah, the did, UFC? yeah, it did a lot. I think it yeah. did a no, no, it didn't do two million online. No, no, it it did a good bit online, but it didn't do that much. No, um, I think it was a huge part of it. Was it it online, was a no, big no? part of it, but not. Mm, yeah, cause, uh, yeah, I think the UFC was it UFC.tv or whatever it was that time it was like. Uh, a little bit less or something, but I think it was like a few hundred thousand. It wasn't. It wasn't that much at all. But it was definitely. This was definitely the biggest one ever. But like the, the, we look at it here, right? And we say, as you said, their streams are so readily available. Things are changing. Where the zone are giving away Canelo fights and Triple G fights for what's it, a ten or twenty quid a month or whatever it is, a, a relatively low price, you know, a subscription price. Whereas the UFC are still charging sixty five dollars for. Um, for pay-per-views and conor mcgregor still drawing a million people that is unbelievable in this day and age that's as much as a few million in previous years because they're worth so much and so much so that it's actually changing the landscape a little bit because the zone are going to see that and they're going to see i have canelo and i'm only paying you know i'm only charging a tenner for canelo why should we be charging more wwe right now are trying to sell the rights to wrestlemania so they can start charging for pay-per-view again after only charging 99 quid a month so you know, I'm sure a lot of them would be happy to get Conor McGregor on their uh, subscription service as well, uh, whether it's boxing or whether it is WWE. So it's it's good to be Conor McGregor right now from a financial point of view, anyway, and from a from a draw point of view. So this is this news and uh, Disney, like Disney and ESPN, are one and the same. There was like a merger, and they kind of are the same thing. So if you're wondering about that, them coming out and actually saying that puts Conor McGregor in a position where he's probably never been before in terms of dominance of <laughs> being a draw in terms of dominance of money this is absolutely huge for him and it's interesting to see what the next move is after this kind of we knew he was a big draw and everything but this is utterly confirmed that as he's the biggest draw in the world now by a country mile so it's interesting to see uh what he does next you must be happy graham as the biggest mcgregor shill in ireland uh, you know me i'm always i'm always chilling so uh <laughs> now uh it doesn't really matter to me but uh it's it's important it's important in another way for the sport because uh mm. you know you, you need stars like and the ufc doesn't have stars at the moment mm. just has conor mcgregor basically and possibly habib mm-hmm. um obviously habib is not a pay-per-view star and anywhere near the the level of Connor, but you know it's unlikely that anybody's ever going to be yeah. not ever but maybe ever it's very unlikely in the near future anyway that you're going to get a somewhere anywhere near Connor mcgregor so uh it's good for espn for people have done this before now people know how it works you know it's not just pressing the red button on your direct tv remote there's a bit of there's a bit of uh annoyance to it but people maybe you know have I've done it before. I know how to do it, so maybe that'll work for the UFC in the future. But uh, this John Jones card now, I, I don't see it doing anywhere near them numbers. Uh, yeah. Be lucky to do half. I, I think even with the, I don't think they'll even of, do that to be honest. Yeah, because yeah. so, like, it was a bad no, card and people weren't thinking that sixty-five yeah, quid again. They weren't um, thinking Reyes would be a, a month later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I don't think this will do particularly well, but I suppose we'll see. Um, like you know, a lot of people like you know uh, don't like whatever a lot of things about McGregor or don't like him at all. Yeah, but you know, if they're a fan of MMA, then you have to. Watch maybe, it, maybe, yeah. yeah, you have to. Like you're missing out completely. Like it's a different feel. Yeah. Uh, around McGregor fight week and you have people uh, casuals like they we the UFC needs and ESPN needs these people to tune in um maybe not every card they don't need them to tune in but they need them to tune in a few times a year mm-hmm. um and they need uh, they need people like McGregor to bring up other stars as well like to promote other fights and to 
you know, okay, they didn't really, they was kind of a makeshift card this time. They didn't really stack the card uh, or the main card at all mm-hmm. uh, for UFC 246, but they usually do. And it gives, it, you know, for example, like Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald yeah, being on, fight, like, you know, yeah. that, that fight maybe would have been lost and a lot of casuals wouldn't have seen it. And it's like, ah, f- it's a long fight. I'm not going to bother watching that. Like, yeah. but because it was on the McGregor card, that's like a fight a lot of people will remember mm-hmm. forever. 100%. And, and like Rory McDonald and Robbie Lawler got a big, got a big boost from that yeah definitely 100% um, and it'll be interesting as well to see how this Habib Tony fight draws if it happens you know and it'll be interesting to see how this Masvidal Al Usman fight draws as well which looks like it's happening in international fight week so very interesting few months ahead and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes alright before we talk about we'll briefly talk about next week's card I need to give my ratings for these top two cards and I, I forgot actually the last week so I, my ratings are up severemed.com forward slash ratings are already up there um this Jones Reyes fight, would you put it up there as a fight of the year contender? I know it's early in the year, but when you come towards the end of the year, do you think it was that good of a fight? It was a close, very well fought fight. Do you think it's a fight of the year contender when we come to December? Um, it's hard to know, but like, um, it could easily be. There wasn't that big, like you know, kind of you know knockdowns and kind of stuff like that. So maybe it'll be a contender, but not win it. Yeah. That's what I was thinking as well. So my 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 scoring block is between nine and ten. It's one of the greatest fights ever, and between eight and nine, it's one of the fights of the year. So I'm going to give it an eight point one, and that's it. That's my biggest score since Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum got nine point three or something like that. So that's a pretty good score. I've I've been very very tough on my <laughs> my scoring. Um, the Chukagan fight, I think, was a very very one sided fight, but you know some good skill in it. Um, so I'm going to give it a, a 5.1. I think, uh, I think Shevchenko just dominated her there. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's that anyway. Right. Next week's card, uh, on the rewatch this week is going to be on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Severe podcast is going to be Corey Anderson versus Jan Blahovic one. And this is obviously their second fight in that fight. Corey Anderson had an unbelievable advantage everywhere. He dominated him on top, dominated him in the striking. Blahovic looked a bit stronger than him early, but I think, Anderson kind of out-cardioed him and looked stronger than him late. I know Blahovic has improved an awful lot. I think Anderson has improved an awful lot as well. It was what, four or five years ago at this stage. Uh, but I have to pick Anderson here. Uh, how, yeah. how do you see it going? Yeah, when, you, when you've kind of shown dominance in nearly all facets in, in the first fight, even if it is four or five years ago, it's hard to pick against you. But, you know, Blahovic has been very, like, he's been much better recently. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still... You know, he still is. He, he's probably coming off. You know, Luke Rockhold is a, is is a very big win, and you know, obviously, Luke Rockhold though it kind of isn't what he used to be. Mm-hmm. But the way he beat uh, Sousa, I think that's the best win of his career. Oh, so boring though. It was just I know, but he was able to he was able to hold his own everywhere. Like he, he showed improvements. Yeah. Like I thought, if it was hit the ground, it would be like the usual story where. Jacare just kind of takes your back or, you know, dominates or, or finishes, but it wasn't like that at all. So, uh, obviously, you know, he, he, Jan Blakovic, he's, he's on a streak. Uh, he was on a streak until he lost to Thiago Santos, but that's a dangerous fighter. Um, he seems to have turned a corner since, since what, the... the back to, well, He had a bit of a, a hard streak when he lost yeah. to Manuel Anderson, then he had a win, and then he lost to Gustafsson and Pat Cummings in a row. But since then, he only lost to Thiago Santos, and he's got... Uh, six wins so I think he's definitely improved but uh, as I said when 
when the other guys dominated you thoroughly uh, before, kind of in all in all uh, aspects of MMA, it's it's very hard to yeah to pick. Like I, I feel like Jack is easier to kind of drag into that sort of fight where it's a very defensive fight with not maybe much landing. Uh, I don't think Corey Anderson will be that easy to drag into. Now maybe he will do it, and he's definitely improved. And but I just think Anderson will be too proactive, and I think he'll dominate him. To be honest, I, th- I think Anderson will win the fight. But you know, I, I think Anderson will make it a better fight than maybe Blavich wants it to be. So uh, I, I think it should be it should be fun. But there, it definitely has the prospect of being absolutely terrible. <laughs> so it's, let's see how that goes. Uh, one fight that does not have the prospect of being absolutely terrible is Diego Sanchez versus Mikel Pereira. This this is like a fight just made for me. I love this fight more than my family members. It's oh my god. Diego Sanchez versus Mikel Pereira. If you don't remember Mikel Pereira, anyone listen, he's the guy that does the black backflips, that fucking jumps off the, the cage, that does the fucking DDTs, and oh, he's, I love him. He's, and Diego Sanchez is the and most Diego exciting Sanchez fighter. Diego Sanchez is the guy who gets punched in the face a lot. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love this fight. My God, I, I, just, I just hope this fight doesn't end like the first 45 seconds. I need like a round and a half of fucking madness in this fight. Oh, I can't wait. I don't care who wins. Just don't even announce a winner afterwards. I'm the winner here. It's oh, I love this fight so much. Oh, I love it. This is the fight. Like, this is the fight. Please, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I love MMA. I want it to be like a, 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 a 100% sporting sport and everything. Like that. MMA is never going to be like that. Just forget about it. We need excitement. We need entertainment as well as the fight like John Jones versus uh, versus Dominic Reyes last night, which is a, a brilliant masterpiece of technical, tactical fighting. And, you know, two guys at the very top of their game. We also need fucking madness like this, lads flipping around and, you know, <laughs> falling on top of each other and throwing fucking spinning wheel kicks off the cage. Oh, I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait for this fight. Yeah, or maybe if Diego Sanchez is going to win, he goes in there and hits a few takedowns. Shut and your fucking mouth. Why would, you even, why would you say something like that? <laughs> <laughs> why would he could, though. He actually could. Uh, Tristan Conley managed to do that against Mikel Pereira, so I don't think Diego will will be successful with that early. But maybe if Pereira or he might gets get a cracked bit early tired. and think here, I need to, yeah. I need to wrestle. Oh, don't do that to me. And I feel like Diego will give us what we want, and he'll go out there and he'll throw hands. But uh, yeah. Anyway, further down the card, Montella de la Rosa versus Mara Romela Barello. Uh, two lads I never heard of. Ray Barge is back here against Rogerio Bontario. Lando Venata versus Leanti Mineras. That's another fucking fun fight. That's that's a, that's yeah, a Lando, friendly fight. Lando when Lando's in town, it's always a fun fight. Yeah, Patrick Sheehan's favorite fighter. You love a bit. Of, uh, love a bit of uh, Lando. Tim Means is back here as well. John Dadson versus Nathaniel Wood. What a fucking fight that is in the bantamweight division. Dadson. <laughs> I've pronounced about fucking four <laughs> words incorrectly here. When I, once it gets past the hour mark, I just lose the ability to speak. But that's a big fight for Nathaniel Wood, isn't it? You know, yeah, it is. Like John Dodson is kind of, you know, he comes out and he's inconsistent, but he's been kind of more consistently bad recently. Tough to look good against always, though, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I was gonna just about to say that he's he's willing to kind of wait and counter. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a fight that if you do take it to him, you risk running into that big left hand, and if you don't, he's kind of willing to get booed and doesn't really care. And he's hard to take down, so he's a hard fighter to look good against. But he's become easier to beat recently like uh, he's um, he, he, I think his best days are behind him and Nathaniel Wood is on the up but it's definitely a massive step up in competition yeah I, mm, I don't know who to, I don't know who will win that one I'm a big big fan of Nathaniel Wood and I think he he can go all the way he can be a, a top 5 fighter but yeah. it's a little bit early. I don't know. It's interesting. I, know, I, I think I think if it was a couple of years ago I'd be picking Dodson but I think now I'd be picking uh, Wood um, just because of Dodson's 
I don't know, he doesn't, he, he seems a little less interested. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always been kind of, he's always been kind of uh, relaxed and all that, but I think he's, I don't know, I think he's, his best days are behind him. I think that kind of near title win against Demetrius Johnson was kind of the peak of it for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it probably was, in fairness. Uh, after that, then, we have Jim Miller against Scott Holzman, which should be another fun fight. Uh, Casey Kenny against Mirab Diriashvili, which also I like that fight. Maisie Chaisan versus Nico Montagna, former champion of the world, Nico Montagna. And Mark De La Rosa against Rulin Pavia. Is Mark De La Rosa Montana De La Rosa's husband? I think he is. They're both in the Man. same card. That's a bit mad. But anyway, fair play to him. Right, that's that. That could anyway. be like you know if your if you if your husband goes out there and loses, mm-hmm. it could affect you in the in the fight. Yeah, that happened in Bellator Later. there a couple of weeks sure ago. Sure, happened with I think Anthony Pettis said when his brother I think his first loss in the UFC or his first he got finished and they were on the same card and he said it definitely took his he understandably took his concentration a bit off uh, his fight. Yeah, very. Very, very true. Right, uh, let's answer one question here before we go, one or two anyway, and the rest will be on patreon.com forward slash Severe Mail Podcast Q&A out every Tuesday morning. Uh, Sean Dini here. How is UFC allowing inexperienced judges on their cards? Uh, you'd never see a League 2 ref get a Champions League final. It's, well. uh, it's the commission. It's, it's the, the government. That's yeah. <laughs> how I would say. Yeah, it, it is the commission. Out of our hands, that's, you goof. Yeah, that's the issue here that people maybe don't understand that. that it's not the UFC pick. And I, know, I know Sean does, but how are they allowing it? Yeah, the UFC should be going to the commission and say, here, you need to bring in uh, you know, Eric Cologne, or you need to bring oh, in Derek Lee. Oh, UFC handpicked those judges for John Jones and <laughs> well, gave a, him the decision. That's a very good oh, point too, yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point too, yeah. So that's what's going to happen, but I'd rather, well, I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather that. I, I think these judges, you know, if you respect them enough, if they have enough fights behind them, that, that you're going to, you know, you're not going to say that the UFC are fucking paying them off to pick John Jones to win. And you had that last night anyway. People UFC were saying that. UFC Dean and he fixed the fight. Yeah. Uh, you know, come on. Like, yeah, fuck's sake. You just, there's no need, like. Taking bigger dives than cowboys. <laughs> you just need to, you just, you just need to have these judges like commissions like Texas if they, if they don't have the, the right judges they need to bring in judges from other places it should be their responsibility not the UFC's responsibility 100%. is there any, well I don't want to get into it but is there anything more stupid than people saying Cowboy took a dive against McGregor yeah he gets his fucking nose <laughs> and face fucking people were even saying uh, it before the, the fight even happened yeah that's true ridiculous no matter what like every time around around uh, Connor fight there's always yeah. some kind of bullshit going on is it, like I was talking to a friend of mine last people night people just can't help themselves making up these these conspiracy yeah, theories crazy like everyone McGregor fights immediately becomes shit after he fights him <laughs> like Eddie Alvarez won fucking titles everywhere won the Bellator title won the UFC sure, title before the fight they're always going to win like for example Cole Miller was going to was going to nominate mm-hmm. like you know yeah. but like, yeah Max Holloway like completely discredited and then goes on to you know no matter what happens it's yeah. going to be it's going to be a uh, People have reasons why. Yeah, that's it. Right, last question here from Christopher Graham. This is an interesting one. Who are the top three best champions in UFC history? Like, it, it's interesting because John what Jones. Do you mean is, best, though, yeah, yeah. That, what do you mean? John Jones is the one that sticks out, but he has failed drugs tests. He's got his uh, title uh, taken from him a couple of times. Like people like Ronda and Connor, who were champions and made the most money for the UFC, like mm-hmm. the, we could argue that. But then you could be like the Demetrius, greatest in the best. Yeah, yeah. Anderson. Like, Facebook like Facebook how much Facebook. money did, did Demetrius actually make for the UFC? Yeah. How many fans? Like, is, is that part of the thinking, or is it just actual martial artists? Yeah, let's go. Um, 
dominant in terms of we'll go with three right the biggest draw one the second one we got everything in a nutshell being a the, being a fighter as a business basically yeah okay we'll go mcgregor obviously the the, the big draw we'll go with the dominance that has beaten the best contenders we'll go with john jones and with the the best skilled fighter we'll go with dimitri johnson boom there mm. you go no yeah i think yeah i think john jones you could argue with gs for a gsp and true anderson silva as well like he did move up and and beat former champion like john jones hasn't done that mm-hmm I know it was Forrest Griffin and he kind of made a fool of him but you know going into that fight that fight was a pick and fight like I remember that being a really close odds fight I I was watching it with friends in in another friend's house and people were picking Forrest and you know I think people forget how ridiculously good Anderson Silva was especially in that Forrest Griffin fight GSP went up and won the middleweight title as well so yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah so interesting right that's it thanks to everybody for listening really appreciate it sign up patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast and all that's left to do is give the inspirational quote of the week kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see we'll see you next Tuesday or Sunday or Monday